Welcome to Lesson 2 of our Bible 45 class on prayer. We've entitled the class, A House of Prayer for the Nations. And in Lesson 1, we made the biblical argument that prayer is to be grounded in God's call to be a house of prayer for the nations. That is to say, God is calling the nations to himself, not just Israel, which is what Israel thought in Isaiah's time and also in Jesus' time, but God is calling the foreigner, the the non-Jew. He's calling even the eunuch, the person that would never be allowed to go into the temple because they can't have children. God's saying, no, it's, it's based on my call. It's based on grace that I provide in a Savior. And I want you, people of God, to be a house of prayer so that as you pray, and this is the point we make, that we don't evangelize because we don't pray as we should. That, that prayer moves us out into evangelism. And so we want to make that point now from the New Testament in Lesson 2, where we're going to talk about God the Son's commission. Point one, God the Father's call. Point two, God the Son's commission. Yes, we are being very, very intentional to bring this Trinitarian view of prayer to mind. You have one God, three persons, God the Father, God the Son. Lesson three, we're going to talk about God the Spirit. God the Father calls. He calls us to be a house of prayer for the nations. He calls the nations to himself, his elect. Now, God the Son commissions us. He commissions us. And if you look at your notes, I believe this from Scripture, that God the Son's commission directs our prayers. God the Father's call grounds our prayers in God's will. God the Son's commission directs our prayers to God's mission of proclaiming the gospel to the nations. God the Son's commission directs our prayers to God's mission of proclaiming the gospel to the nations. So let's read the text here. Luke chapter 24, please, in your Bibles, beginning with verse 44. Luke chapter 24, beginning with verse 44. Jesus is ascended, excuse me, Jesus is resurrected. Jesus has been walking on the earth for 40 days. Jesus is about to ascend back to the Father. These are his last words as recorded by Luke. A little differently, a little different then Matthew doesn't mean that they are in opposition to each other. Just each one records something a little bit differently. And Jesus says this to them. Verse 44 of Luke 24. Then he, Jesus, said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets, I believe he's alluding to Isaiah, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Oh, Lord, open our minds to understand the scriptures. And said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. The Old Testament preaches the gospel. You understand there was no New Testament when Jesus said this. And I believe he's alluding to Isaiah 56 here when he talks about the the gospel should be preached to the nations. Forgiveness of sins to the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are my witnesses. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. I believe that God's will tonight 
and this year is that we grow in his mission of proclaiming the gospel to the nations in our region and beyond as we grow in prayer. You see, prayer directs us to God's mission in such a way that we understand his sovereignty and our responsibility in the task before us. I believe this. Now, I haven't lived what I believe, but I'm repenting, and I'm asking you to repent and join me, that that we would pray together. Why? Because when we pray together, we grow in evangelism, because when we pray, we grow in our trust in our sovereign gods. In our God, and God's sovereignty. Our prayers broaden and deepen our perspective that God is at work, and so our prayers thrust us out into the mission field, knowing that it is God who is working. My favorite quote, which I could never teach on prayer, evangelism, or practically anything else without sharing this quote, is in your notes. Corey could give it to you probably verbatim, because he's heard me say it for 16, 17 years. J.I. Packer, in his book, Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God. Thus, the sovereignty of God in grace gave Paul hope of success as he preached to deaf ears and held up Christ before blind eyes and sought to move stony hearts. His confidence was that where Christ sends the gospel, there Christ has his people fast bound at present in the chains of sin, but due for release at the appointed moment through a mighty renewing of their hearts as the light of the gospel shines into their darkness and the Savior draws them to himself. This is Isaiah 56 language. This is God's purpose in redemption, that he always had the nations in his heart. It wasn't just about Israel. Israel was important. The Savior would come from Israel. He had to guard Israel all those years. Israel had to be separate from the world so Israel could be a witness to the world. Israel thought they were separate from the world because they alone were God's people. They missed that. May we not miss that. We do need to be separate from the world. We need to be different from the world. But we need to be different so we can shine in the world. You get the difference there. Because God has his people. Wherever he sends the gospel, he has his people. In Bahrain, in Saudi Arabia, in Nicaragua, in Costa Rica, in Cuba, in Russia, in Germany, Canada, Right here in Hialeah, he's got his people. We're here. That We're the people with the gospel. He gives it to us. That means he's got his people. Do you have faith that in your little world, this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there are people there that are God's elect. You don't know who they are, but God has you as the one who's going to open your mouth and start talking to them about Jesus. See, because evangelism is sharing Jesus, his life, death, resurrection, and ascension, and it's making an appeal. It's both in. It's both in. But so often we're afraid. I I am. I'm 62, and I shouldn't care what people think of me. But I still do. I still hesitate. Or you like, you know, you want to say something, but then you get a little nervous and afraid, and you and you think, well, I I don't know if I should say. So you're nervous, so you end up saying something totally ridiculous. You know, like, you know, you just totally mess up your words, and then you go, oh man. We all are there. We all are there. So so how? How does God put a boldness in our timid hearts? How does God make us care when we can be so apathetic? 
right? Especially in South Florida. Man, when you, when you get through driving in traffic, you, 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 the, the, or a busy day at work with crazy children or whatever, all you care about yourself. That's me. Get me home and get me in front of that TV and just, I don't even want to think. And then one day becomes two and three and four and a week and a month and a year and three years. And then sadly, I can tell you the last time I shared the gospel was with this gentleman that I've shared with you about. It was a while ago. And you know why I shared the gospel with him? To my shame, because I was taking an evangelism class. And my assignment was to share the gospel with somebody. Ugh. But God is gracious. And when we repent, we say, oh, God, I want to care about the nations because you care about the nations. Bring me with joy into your house of prayer. I, your will is my will. I drift so easily. Help me. The way he helps us is when we pray together. Okay? So let's take a look at the prayers of the first century church. You ready? Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. It starts at the very beginning, and it says in verse 1 of Acts 2, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. What do you think they were doing there? I think they were praying. So remember, Jesus had ascended into heaven 10 days earlier. This is now day 50 after Jesus' resurrection. I think they were praying. They, okay, sanctified imagination. They may have been reading Isaiah 56. They may have been remembering Jesus saying, hey, you guys are turning this into a robber's den. That temple is a house of prayer because the upper room was close to the temple. If you've been to Jerusalem, had a chance to go there, they tell you oh, this was the upper room. I'm not so sure that's exactly the upper room, but it was in that area, okay? I think they were praying. And look what happens. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is one of those speech gifts. Now, there's, there's discussion. Were these tongues knowledgeable, knowable tongues, or were they tongues that were unknowable? Well, we know from Scripture they were knowable tongues because they were Jews from all over the Roman Empire. They were in exile once again. They were once again being punished. They were once again you know, being occupied. And you had Jews from all these different countries. And if you read further in Acts, they were astonished that these uneducated, primarily fishermen, were praising God in their languages. That'd be like you suddenly standing up and praising God in perfect Chinese. And Sarah Zong going, I didn't know that he spoke Chinese. And you turning and saying, I don't, but I'm praising God. I don't, that gift is meant to be a redemptive historical marker to say that the gospel is to be uttered and that it's to be uttered by God's people filled with the Spirit. So it's not to be normative, but it's it's to show us that something new has happened. Jesus has ascended. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he promised to send the Spirit. We read that in Luke 24, 49. 
And now that day has come and they have the spirit. And so they're a house of prayer and they're to go and share the gospel. So they prayed. They prayed. Now, I think that Acts 2.42 is confirmation of that. Turn there. Acts 2.42 is what it says. And they, the disciples, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to what? The prayers. Devoted themselves to it. We get a peek into the early church. There was teaching. There was fellowship. There was probably communion, the breaking of the bread. And there was prayers. Right? That, that's how we understand what we should do in a church service. We're not just making it up. We're seeing it from Scripture. But again, what do you think they were praying for? Well, first of all, they're probably praying the Lord's Prayer, right? Because Jesus had told them how to pray. But I think they're also praying Isaiah 56. I think they're praying for the nations. I think they're praying for power, right? To make disciples with the gospel, which is what Jesus, Jesus said, go make disciples of the gospel of the nations, teaching them all that I commanded you. Listen, later on in Acts, turn to Acts 3. Verse 1, we find Peter and John on their way to the temple to pray. They were certainly aware of Isaiah 56, 7. They were certainly remembering what Jesus did. You can't forget what Jesus did when he turns over the tables of the people selling pigeons and all that stuff in the temple. I mean, that was a big deal, all right? It's like running into the Capitol and turning over the tables of the, of the senators, you know? You're going to remember that one. That's probably going to be on the news somewhere, right? If you watch that, you're going to remember it. So they're, they're walking to the temple. They may have been walking through the court of the Gentiles. They're walking to the temple to pray. Look at that, verse 1, 3, 1. Now, Peter and John were going to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. I think the ninth hour is like 3 in the afternoon. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but as a result... God uses them to do a miracle. And as the result of that miracle, Peter stands up. What happens? Peter stands up and preaches the gospel. And because he preaches it, they arrest him and they, they threaten him. And when they finally release Peter, listen to how the church prays. Acts 4, 23 to 31. Turn there. Acts 4, 23 to 31. When they were released... They went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. You know, and what did the chief priests and the elders say to them? Stop talking about Jesus. This is interesting here, right? Evangelism, prayer, corporate prayer, they're intimately linked. Reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they, the church, what did they do? They lifted their voices together. Circle that. Together. I want you to pray separately for your workmates. I do. I want you to pray. But there's something about us praying together. To God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said, By the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage? He's quoting from the Psalms here. And the people's plot in vain. They're praying God's word. Let me just say this. Prayer is praying God's word. We're about to pray here in just a few minutes. Man, pray God's word, guys. Get your, if you don't know what to pray, just pop open a psalm and read it. <laughs> and just pray it back to the Lord. Pray God's word back to him. That's what they were doing here. Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. 
And now they're, they're, the Holy Spirit is inspiring them, right? For truly in this city, they're no longer reading from Psalms here. For truly in this city, they were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. The, the sovereignty of God is directing them. Remember that quote from J.I. Packer. They understand God's sovereign. God's will is going to be done. He's calling people from the Gentiles. He's, he's going to do it. He's doing it. God, you hear. You see what they're saying. They're threatening us. God, we know you're sovereign. We trust you. And now, Lord... Look upon their threats and grant to your servants what? Protection? Prosperity? Peace? No. To continue to speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. I don't know if that was literal I don't know if that was in their souls. I don't know if they changed. I don't know if somebody, some, suddenly a timid person who all they cared about is what people thought about them in their schools or at their work or a young person who was just so fearful, like, oh, what do I look like? Are my clothes nice? All of a sudden they say, you know what? I love Jesus. I'm going to go share Jesus. That's shaking. <laughs> Maybe it was, it was also physical. Let's just say both ends. They were gathered together with shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. I pray that for Palm Vista Community Church in 2019. I pray that when we gather together. I pray every time we get together, we have faith for this. I do pray that. I do pray that. All right, let's jump to the 21st century prayers of the church. I'm borrowing now from a book called Prayer by John, I can't pronounce his last name, and uh, it's a fairly recent book. That was pretty funny, right? John, I can't pronounce his last name. Why didn't you laugh? All right, so uh, <clears throat> as, we, as we look into 2019, I want us to see a few things. Number one, <clears throat> that we want to pray for boldness. Number two, that, that when we pray, okay, we are confessing that our big brother, you know, Jesus is our brother. He is our Lord. He's our brother. He calls us brothers and friends. That our big brother is Lord of all and has defeated the enemy and is sending us out to the very nations in whom are his elect, bought by his blood, and awaiting our witness, the J.I. Packer quote. And when we pray, we grow in courage. I need courage, but I'm not going to get it, I don't think, if I don't pray corporately. Challenge me on that later. I'm, I'm willing to have that conversation with you. But it's like driving around Miami saying, I need gas, but I'm not willing to stop at the gas station. Eventually, you're going to see me walking on the side of the road. Courage comes not from reading a good book. It can. I think courage biblically comes from praying together. Okay. See, when we pray together, we give God our anxiety about evangelism. We, we give God the anxiety about whether, what people will think of us, but the, some of us are anxious because we think, well, I failed in evangelism. I, I haven't done a good job. 
And when we pray, we take that and we put it on the Lord. Now comes the quote from John, I can't pronounce his last name, in, uh, thank you, in the book Prayer. Here we go. Praying together removes the pressure for success and puts it back on God's shoulders. When we pray, our Father in heaven, we acknowledge God is sovereign and does what he pleases. By the way, I would just say this. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Slow it down and pray it every day. That's a good prayer. Don't pray it like some of us did, you know, just to get over some things that we did wrong. A couple of our fathers, you know, a few this and a few that, and presto, you're good. No, no, no. Slow it down. Think about our Father who is in heaven. When we pray for God to save someone, we admit that God alone has the power to do so. When we thank him for our salvation, that's another element of your prayer, is thanksgiving. It's because we know he saved us. We didn't save ourselves. As we pray for God to God for salvation, we realize that God's sovereignty diminishes. I think it should say not only our anxiety and our apathy. Okay, I'm sorry. Diminish, sorry, my bad. That God's sovereignty diminishes only our anxiety and apathy, not our activity. Prayer, then, is the pump at the gas station that connects us to the fuel for faithful evangelism. So I, I, think, I think that's what we see in the prayers of the first century church. And that's what we see in the prayers of the 21st century church. So just a couple of examples that, that come to mind um, and that would just be from my experience in the church. It's funny. When I've been most active in evangelism is when I've gone out on short-term missions trips. And I was thinking about this. Why? Because typically, when I go out on short-term missions trips, and probably more so when I was with another ministry earlier in my, in my Christian life, we would gather weekly, and one of the things we would do is we would pray for that, for that area. Why am I surprised that the moment my foot hits the ground, I'm a, I'm a witnessing machine? I, I think the two are connected. Um, one ministry I was with, we used to go, believe it or not, to Mardi Gras to share the gospel. Crazy. That was crazy. Has anybody ever done that? that? That is nuts. Okay, nuts. I don't know. I know you've been in some crazy situations, but right, wherever you, there's a big event, crew or other ministries, the ministry we were with would do this, would say, hey, there's going to be thousands, maybe million, a million people maybe at Mardi Gras. They're captive audience. Let's go witness. I, I would have very little fear. But you know what we would do? Every single week, we'd pray for that. Actually, that trip, we would meet like two or three times a week. And we would spend a week of prayer and fasting around it. So, so why, all of a sudden, like, whoa, it's not like, I don't know anymore right now, uh, back then. I mean, I, I knew the gospel, but we were praying together as a group, okay? All right, so what we want to do right now is we want to pray. And so this is what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to pray out loud, okay? Let's, can we grow together? This is like, it's like a football practice, right? We just did the first drill, and it was good, all right? But I want to coach you up a little bit. You ready? Open your mouth. 
<laughs> and let syllables come out. Seriously. And, and open your Bibles and pray. So you might want to pray a psalm. Pray something you read this morning. Pray it back to the Lord. Pray back to God, his sovereignty, who he is. But here's the two things we're going to pray for. And by the way, Kevin, thank you for praying earlier for this. But pray for And it's typical because he, he's working with missionaries. So you were praying the heart of God, brother. You're praying the will of God right there. God's call was grounding your prayers. Amen. But Luke 2, uh, 10, 2 tells us to pray for laborers for the harvest field. So let's pray for missionaries. But listen, let's pray for missionaries. You ready? Not to Managua, but to Carl Gables. The you. Let's pray for missionaries to wherever you guys interact, your schools, your work. Let's pray for missionaries. Yes, as well for Managua and all those places, okay? And then number two, I'd love for you to pray for those that you are believing God to save. When you pray for them, your compassion for them grows. When you pray for them, I believe you're praying God's heart. So if you don't want to say their name, that's fine. But man, let's pray. Let's, let's fill this place with voices. You understand that the whole idea of praying together is that we can say the amen to your prayer. You get that, right? So if you just do the, the Buddha meditating in the corner monk deal, that sort of negates the praying together piece, right? So can we grow in that? 